Warning, this show uses explicit language and adult topics. And just in case you needed the reminder, you are about to hear a comedy show. Or at least an attempt at one. So without further ado and further introductions, let's get disappointing. Well, if you don't like my show, don't curse your radio. You know that no one likes my company anyway. But if you listen closely and talk intelligently, then maybe you can be a disappointment. Please enjoy today's first Culture Shocks, a little mashup of rock and rap. Something that I think uh, encapsulates Jaren a lot. Uh, one of my older brothers, I want to thank him again for coming on the show. I love you, uh, and thank you for coming on. I know you didn't have to do it, but you did. Just like Didi, just like Frank, uh, just like I hope the rest of my family comes on at some point in their lives. Because they can talk like real individuals and talk about real issues that are from my heart and hopefully to yours. So because Jaren is this, not hopeless romantic because that's mean, but like this romantic guy that I love for that because he's 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 a sweet guy. So the first song is going to be rock, the second one is going to be rap. Uh, please enjoy your first song, Owner of a Lonely Heart, but it is a cover by NSP, because if we did the original, well, that wouldn't just be disappointing enough, would it? So please enjoy Ninja Sex Party's ver- uh, cover of Owner of a Lonely Heart.
to the owner of a broken heart <laughs> or a lonely heart. It doesn't matter. The point is, I like rock, and I think it pairs well with rap. It's like a good uh, good company with good wine, I guess. And Jaren is always good company. So, and because we talked about it in the episode a little bit, and again, I apologize, I guess. <laughs> Please enjoy your next culture shock. Um, how do I put this? Oh, it's by Biggie Smalls. It's called Niggas. Enjoy. To all my Brooklyn. You know Biggie Smalls puts it quick and kicks it quick You know how black niggas get With the hoods for teens, with the boots with trees Smoking weed, flipping keys, making crazy cheese Hitting buck shots at niggas that open spots on the avenue Take my loot and I'm batting you Pippin' hoes that drive Volvos and rodeos Plaster roll, make them wet in the pantyhose Damn, a nigga style is a orthodox Rip the block when I walk down the crowded blocks Just in case a nigga wanna act out I just black out, blow they motherfucking back out He get a free lift to the cemetery, rough berry, not your ordinary, we watch you get buried. That's a real nigga for you, get back, do a quarter, flip the script, and rip your lawyer, spit at the DA, cause fuck what she say, she don't give a fuck about your ass anyway. Up northbound, first stop for the town, a fish skill, where the hand skills are real ill, you'll be a super hoover doodle thing remover, ha ha, yo chick, half a motor.
Hey, yo, Big, what's up, man? It's short, man. Heard you in Miami. Boy, give me a call. Got some bitches, man. I got eight bitches. I got some chronic. I got the kids to Luke's crib, nigga. That nigga ain't gonna be here for two weeks. Hit me up, dude. Hit me up. It's short, man. It's short. Holla at me. All right. Welcome back, you fucking assholes. I'm not gonna go aggressive immediately into it. Welcome back, America. I have some tea. It's hot as shit. I'm gonna take a sip on camera. Like the, like, like you can see me. And, uh... Oh, room temperature. Terrible. Just how we like it. Um, on microphone one is... Jared Matthews. And this is the show. <laughs> so, I've been quoted... My guess to say this is the worst show on radio. I'd like to say that that belief still probably holds true to this day. <laughs> I'll be the judge at the end. We'll see <laughs> I usually pick out. the music after the episodes while I'm editing to like reflect on the guest personally. So based on what okay. we talk about and what I discover about you personally, um, I'll pick different music. I know for Dee Dee's episode, I'm going to have to put a J. Cole episode, like song. But I don't really like current J. Cole, so I'm going to probably have to do the song that he did with the Wu-Tang Clan. Okay. Because that's a nice mix. Like the, the instrumental or like the whole song? The whole song. Okay. I like to put the whole bits in. Because I think... Uh, some songs are like paintings, right? You wouldn't look at half a painting. You have to look at the whole thing. Just listen to the whole song. It's like a masterpiece. Yeah, that's pretty... Oh, my God. I love that Biggie painting. Oh, my God, ladies and gentlemen. We're on FaceTime. He showed me the dopest fucking picture I've ever seen. Did you paint that? Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, right. A friend of mine went to Bali, and he came back and gave it to me. It was, like, rolled up on this canvas, and then another friend of mine... um, Put it on whatever the house is called, some type of hardwood right. frame, and here we go. <laughs> well, it's fucking awesome. I have a Biggie poster and a Tupac poster side by side above my computer in my room. I like to use it as inspiration to be like, they were friends, and they. I like to imagine, not that there is really an afterlife, I think, as we look at it, but maybe if there was some cartoon fantasy, they'd be there together, because they're fucking homies. Dogs <laughs> mentioned. I mean, I don't know. Don't let me spiral down fucking rap rants. I'll go, I'll literally go for hours. But maybe that's where we should go. Um, so let me start with a few questions to give the audience a little information because this episode is going to be labeled as guest and brother or family because they're all family. Uh, because to be family, you have to live at my home. You have to be close to my parents. You do both of those one more than there, another because you didn't live with us for a long time, but you were there a lot. And I remember yeah. just kicking it, and I also know that every time my parents go to Florida, they fucking see you and go to dinner with you. So that counts, because they do that same shit with Dee Dee and fucking Frank, and, like, you're part yeah. of their lives. If they talk about you and their off time randomly, you're you're one of them. So you count. I've talked, I've talked to mom on and off for the past, God, going on, this is not, wow, this is nine years. Yeah, she's a clever woman. I'll give it to her. Yeah, she uh, gives me some... Uh, There's a reason she's a lawyer. Interesting <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I think she's smart enough to be a president, but, you know, we'll, we'll spiral down different roads. Well, apparently anybody is. Yeah, right? <laughs> what a great little joke. Um, <clears throat> so, we, you don't have to say who, but you you were talking to somebody, and you were they were like, you should be on the show. And then you texted me, and I was like, I didn't think... Cause I'm trying to do every older brother, but I didn't think every older brother would want to do it. 
So this is kind of a different feeling internally for me to know that you guys are really okay with what I'm saying and you're on board with, you know, the ideologies of the show. Like, I'm a disappointment and my, you know, my views are weird and that's the point because that's the joke and every egg of our egg carton of our weird dysfunctional fucking family uh, is a superstar golden egg. And then there's the Brighton, the weird rotten one that just won't flush. But who, I mean, obviously you don't have to say who, but like, I feel like just about anybody would. What do you mean? I mean, you could like, I feel like you could call Rob, Sal, Theo. Yeah, but sometimes people don't want to be on shows because it can wreck image or maybe it's just against their interests. But like having you guys personally tell me, I would love to be on your show because I we're family. That just hits different because I'm like, oh, Christ, that means more. You know what I mean? <laughs> but here's the thing, like, shit, I was going to say something. I forgot what I was going to say. I'll come back to that. It may come back to me in a second. You're hilarious. Um, so the reason I bring it up is because I'd like to ask, A, do you have a favorite memory of you and my father or my mother or us or whatever? Like, what's your favorite Jones memory? Okay, so... You guys were really young when we first met. Like you were like 10, yeah, you were extru- yeah, you were in the area of me being a very young kid. You were in the dawn of Dayton Dragons players. Like yeah, so I think the memories are basically like us playing. Yeah, we coming up to you guys after games, saying what's up. That was always mom great. Dad, mom and dad abandoning you for the night, and we end up somewhere in Oregon District. Yeah, that's right. I for- I forgot about that. <laughs> Pops is done off his moonshine or whatever the hell it is he's been drinking for the night um, <laughs> and then i think the dinners the dinners like hanging out at the place like downstairs in the oh you mean table. like home cooked dinners and like eating yeah. together and talking together yeah that's nice that was my favorite parts too just eating um just kind of getting to know you guys and just hearing about like really like where'd you come from you know, what have you seen? Like, how is the world? Because that's the best. Just ask somebody, what have you seen? How is it really like out there? I don't fucking want to base my opinions of anything based on media or bullshit or anything like that. I'm going to base my opinions on real world people telling me what the fuck they've seen. I'm going to ask a Cajun person, what's it like to be in fucking Swampland? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to ask for real world credibility. I don't think people understand, like, minor league baseball, like, what it actually entails. Um... Oh my god, no. dude, you basically you basically have to pay almost to try to be in the major leagues cuz your salary is so exact about l- the necessities for living that you basically don't have any money to do anything unless you find a family to live with, introduce Jones family to you guys. So like exactly. So, you know, more or less you're living in an apartment with more times than not an apartment with like three or four guys mm-hmm. and you guys are eating like frosted flakes. And yeah. Maybe, like, you'll, like, splurge on Chipotle. Right. Like, at lunch. (laughs) You're at the field, and, like, you have, like, chips, peanut butter and jelly, cheese puffs, like, whatever the hell else. Like, the couple times a week that you can have a regular, decent meal, like, the Jones family is, like, so important to the Marley Baseball. Oh, you don't have to say all that. I thought, damn, I shouldn't have let you speak. I don't want to be put on a platform that we definitely don't deserve. We just wanted... Okay, hold on. Before you say that, we never planned on doing that. Like, we never planned on being a host family. We had one player stay with us, and then he came back the next year. We just met him by a happen chance. Dad did it at a golf tournament, and then he just stayed with us a year, and it was fun. And the next year, he's like, can I bring a friend? And we were like, well, yeah. I mean, we told you you guys could stay here anytime. 
it wasn't about who you guys were. It was about we knew your situation because yeah. in minor league baseball, because my parents just give a shit about baseball, they were like, yeah, it basically cost them to live. And my mom, being a defense attorney, like, she obviously has this oath to defend fucking young African-American kids from shitty lives, so why not take some in your fucking home and give them a chance at having a little money and freedom and a safe environment to fucking goof around and, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just like a real chill environment, like you get a, maybe it's like once or twice a month you head up to, or based on where But I don't think we're important to minor league baseball. But the thing is, no, the, th- the point is like, there's But so I get what you're shitty, saying. There's so many shitty meals that you eat as a minor league baseball player, the one or two a month that you can get, they're like, home cooked yeah. not freaking Denny's not Applebee's Chipotle it's like it's just good to like get away yeah and, like get back to kind of like what real life is like you know what I mean yeah it's good to unplug so. being in the middle of a cornfield but I will say it was yeah. better for you guys cause you guys used that as an escape but that was my start and like not having neighbors knowing only Amish people like that fucks with the kid for a little bit you know what I mean well growing up in the suburbs like we didn't yeah, really okay, so let, so let me ask this. You, you say suburbs. We'll try to make this like an actual fucking interview, I guess. Let me ask you a few questions and answer them accordingly. Where were you born, and how long did you live there? And then, I guess, like, I like to do this because I think it pushes the brain. We shouldn't know each other, right? Like, mathematically, no. you were probably born geographically somewhere totally different. And, like, your path, lifestyle, was so all over the place. Like, mathematically, our chance of meeting was very fucking slim you know what i mean so like okay. i like to trace that math be like okay where were you born how did you how did how did you eventually meet us i guess okay so born in inglewood new jersey grew up in teaneck new jersey um obviously baseball was my life so you know i've, I've been in all sorts of parts of the country so what, go, let's go back to what you're saying like we should not have met mm-hmm. that's very true because i came very close to signing not that i'm upset at all that we met because i think it's one of those freak occurrences that are supposed to happen yeah we're talking probability yeah um so at a high school i was like literally a piss test away from signing with the red sox dad fell apart in the 25th hour um right so like if, if if that doesn't fall apart then i'm not with the reds i'm not in arizona i'm not going to date and i'm in shit right 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 at the Red Sox facility and going to Salem, um, wherever the hell Salem is, Massachusetts, I think it is, or, you know, Portland, wherever their minor league system is. So that alone is like, okay, if that doesn't happen, then this doesn't happen. You know what I mean? So Yeah, um, okay, wow. So the the moment is the piss test for the fucking, wow, that's crazy to think about. Yeah. And then, uh, so basically grew up in Teaneck my entire life, you know, outside of some minor league cities and... Uh, things of that nature. Like I basically lived there my entire life until three, almost three years ago when I moved down to Miami, South Beach. How do you like it in Miami, Florida? <laughs> Any complaints it's, living on a fucking beach? Not many complaints at all. There's <laughs> the dumb stuff of like people not knowing how to drive and like people thinking that this would be totally incorrect, but oh well. Like thinking that I should speak Spanish, like no, sorry, it's America. What? Like, I speak English, and then we'll work on Spanish being the second language. So, other than that, Miami's awesome. Like I live. Well, <laughs> That's <laughs> amazing. Like, so, like, so you get in every Uber is having. You get I'm social like, peer pressured to be like Jared, learn fucking Spanish. 
Is that what you said earlier? No, I'm saying, like, English is the primary language. Right, right, right. But you said people have literally been like, learn Spanish. No, like, that's basically, like... That's such a low-key progressive sentence in a racist way. (laughs) Go learn Spanish! I need two languages, you bitch! So, outside of that, like, I live downtown Miami now, um, and it's awesome. You know, the biggest thing that kind of drove me crazy at home was just waking up at this time of year, and it's freaking 12 degrees outside. Yeah. And and now, like, you know, if it's 55, like, we're freaking out. Yeah, Ohio is a bitch to stay in and train in. But I think that's why it builds good players, because they have to rough and tough through these fucking shitty constant weather cycles. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's value to it. So, I mean, you know, I think... New Jersey helped shape who I am. Um, how long? I how long were you in New Jersey? Twenty-seven years. Jesus! So you spent probably most of your life there to this day. Yeah, even, mm-hmm. there, even for college. So okay, yeah. And why us? What do you mean? Like you could have really stayed at like there's other pla- there's other host families and we're just like a fucking white family in the middle of a goddamn cornfield like you know what i mean like why up you know what i mean like (laughs) it's a hard sentence but like i i think it probably has to do with like you know the circle on the team um the guys that i hung out with the most of the time were it was me dominic Devin, billy lutz yep theo you know theo lutz fister little jew that year kurt so the fact they were like hey like Sunday game, 1 o'clock, we're done at 4 o'clock, like, come to dinner at our place. We're like, yeah, sure, cool. And then, you know, we go out, so many, they're like, hey, we're going out. And then mom and dad are there. I'm like, all right, cool. And I'm like, all right, whoever, like, I don't know you guys at this time. And then it's like, hey, like, they're always around. They're cool. They're fun to be around. They're like, so we started playing the the freaking uh, glasses game. Like, it's just like one thing led to the next. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kind of, like, growing into it. Okay, I kind of get that. Um, I don't, did you ever feel, let me ask you this, just cause like, I never ask any of my older brothers this kind of stuff, but maybe you'll understand where I'm coming from. Did you ever feel like scared at our place? Like we tried to make it pretty fucking safe for you guys, but like, and I'm not going to lie. Like even I thought about it sometimes, like I was worried that some racist dad of some, one of my friends, like he's home, he's fucking drinking. The kid comes home and goes, Oh, yeah, I was talking to Brighton today. Did you know his brother's in the MLB? Because that's the fucking first thing they say. And he's like, what? And then he's like, woohoo. And then, then he starts n- listing names. He goes, well, those are N-words. And it's like, well, whoa, this is a different Ooh. energy. And then he, yeah, and then he approaches it in a bad way. And then he fucking drives over and he fucking decides, he's like, I'll just kill them because I know where they are. Because people think like that sometimes. You know what I mean? Like, I, I thought about that every once in a while. Like, I, I was, I was scared. I always watched cars come in because I'm like, I was scared. Because I was trying I to never... always make sure you guys were okay. My time of day, like, I never got that energy. Like, was I around, like, some shady spots in Dayton? Sure. But, okay. like, never at your house that okay. I felt like I was at risk of anything. Right. And, I, and, I, and I'd like to imagine there was never a case where that was going to happen. Because I don't think it ever really was. But, like, anxiety runs wild. You know what I mean? Sure. And I just... Because when you guys first walk in the door, it's weird. Because every time a player brings somebody, they're always great. We've never had an older brother that was really fucking, like, an asshole or we don't like to this day. Um, just because, like, 
based on referral. Maybe that's what it was because the referral was always of somebody of like-mindedness and kindness and understanding and bullshit like that. Um, my thing, I guess I was always secretly worried that you guys were going to low-key, in the back of your mind, we did all this stuff, it doesn't matter, and there's still that one little thought like, what if they were just doing it for the cred or tickets or whatever? And I just, I always wanted to avoid that because I never really, I, I don't think I've really ever asked any of you guys for anything. And I really don't want to because I don't want to fucking ask my family for anything ever because family should feel like they can ask me for stuff and I can provide, but I don't want to fucking sandbag. Like, I love you guys. And if you guys ever asked for anything, I would always help. But I don't think I would ever really ask for like money or a place to stay just because like I don't want to feel like I got to fucking put that on you because again, I call you guys my older brothers and I love you guys. But secretly, what if like one day one of you guys are like, hey, we're not brothers. I mean, that would shatter me. I I think you guys have a great situation and I think you, you build relationships so you can lean on people in the future. Like, you know, like, okay, you ever came to Miami... Yeah, but I don't want to. I don't want to have to think that there's that obligation to help us. There's not an obligation, but like I would, think, I would like to think that if you knew that you came to Miami and shit happened, to you guys like your hotel room, something didn't pan out. Mm-hmm. Like I would hope that you would say, "Hey, let me call Jaren real quick. Maybe I could crash at his place for a night or two until we figure this shit out." I would hope McKenna would do the same thing, or she's in Cincinnati, we're going to Cincinnati this year, and let's just say. You know, she has a flat tire and she can't figure this shit out. Like I would hope that she's comfortable enough to call one of the brothers over there and say, hey. I think that would be her first phone call before mom and dad. <laughs> I would I would hope that she'd be comfortable enough to not say, hey, can you pay to get my car towed? But like, hey, can you just help me out real quick? Yeah, and I don't think she'd look at it like that either. Because honestly, I look at you guys like older brothers, older brothers, like... Family, I can tell secrets to, goof off with, do naughty things in the dark <laughs> while mom and dad are asleep and get away with it later and then, yeah. like, do hilarious things. And <sighs> McKenna looks at you guys, yes, like older brothers, but also like superheroes. You're all just these tall, athletic figures to her that can get anything done. And, like, she strives to be that same superhero. And I think one day she will be a superhero-level golfer. Because of you guys just being around, existing, being a different height. That was the only thing you needed to do and and just something for her to look up at, literally, like a fucking icon. People are religious, but, you know, I think McKenna would say she's more prone to uh, loving her older brothers than fucking like a deity like Christ or a Buddha. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. she's religious, but I think she, at the end of the day, she's like, oh, like, if you think, well, who's your hero? She's not going to be like, Christ. She's probably going to say one of her older brothers. Like, when I think of my hero, now I think of an anime character that I've grown to fucking love, but that's just weeaboo, Fagatron, Brighton, I guess. But, I mean, I, I do think of you guys when I think I need strength, and I'm like, God, like, like I'm not religious, but, like, I'll think, you know... Think of all the shit that, like, Didi had to go through when he got traded. It wasn't his decision, but, like, people were like, fuck you, you Yankees boy. You should be Yankees. Or, like, when Didi got, or Billy got traded. Like, people get traded. People have to go through things. And, like, you still have to kill it. And, like, Lutz, like, always killing it, but never really getting the big chance in MLB I think he got and deserved. And that sucks to think, too, because I think of all players that got robbed of an MLB career career. Not that his career is over in baseball at all. And I hope he listens to this and is like, thank you. I'm not tr- I'm not trying to shit on you. Let's, I fucking love you. I hope you're on the show. Because you're my only, to my knowledge, very fluent German-speaking older brother. Um, and I'd love 
to get some licks of the hyphens and hyphens in the fucking show. But I just I don't want you guys to think we wanted anything out of this. I just no, wanted I just wanted is- family. And and I'm not trying to shit on like blood family for if they ever listen to this, but like I feel so much closer to like my older brothers than most of my blood relatives. Just because I've told you guys more shit and like really laid it more on the table and like I don't know. Well, I think that's the case. Like, look, everybody has a blood relative that they're like super tight with, and the relative that they don't talk to. And truthfully, like, I talk to you, Kenna, mom, dad, like, way more than I talk to like, a lot of my second and third cousins. Right. Why? Just because, like, that's kind of how shit shakes shit, out. <laughs> yeah, I get that. I just we also sometimes I feel bad like annoying you guys because I don't want to fucking pester and feel like I'm just trying to like weasel in or like something like that. Like I just I'm Jenna. I'm just curious because I know like all over the globe. There are people that have lived in my home for years, and we've shared tears and laughs with alike, and I just want to know how they are. And that's why I really like doing the show, because it's my chance to sit down with each of my older brothers, even via FaceTime, and, you know, talk to them and be like, hey, you know, I'm glad you're okay. I haven't talked to you in a minute, and I haven't seen any baseball stuff going on, but I'm glad you're fucking rocking, and I'm glad you're still okay. You know what I mean? Like, I'm glad you're happy, and you seem fine. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> Because um, Frank, I mean, Frank, I, I do worry about. Because I mean, I'll let you know this because I didn't say this on the episode. And this is, if he listens to this, don't be sad by this because I mean this in all fairness and just because I care. But anxiety runs deep. Again, I digress. And Frank, I worried about him a lot taking that, you know, mental specialist job because I think he really just wanted to play baseball and I think his heart really was just on the field. And I know that hurts so bad, but he's a good coach, and he's a good mental specialist. And if he would just really embrace it, I think he would really fucking kill it. So, Frank, if you heard that, that was a compliment, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I haven't talked to Frank in forever. Frank's hilarious. You should call him more, because he's, he's hard to answer, because he travels a lot for his job. But, like, he will get back to you at some point. Yeah. Like, he just, like, he's so, like, he doesn't have internet right now at his fucking apartment. So he just, like, does shit, like, paint. He's just hilarious. His life is just hilarious, and I fucking love him for that. You know what I mean? All of you guys are funny. That was the one trait that all of my older brothers shared that lived at our house. Like, every one of you were funny. In your own way. Agree. Do you think that, like... It comes from everybody living in a different part of the country and having, like, a different sense of humor and, you know, things of that nature. I was about to say, I was like, where do you think it comes from? Just the geographical difference or, like... Because you got... I mean... I mean, uh, it's so weird because, like, when we're in public, I just literally act like you guys are my older brothers. Nothing's the fucking amiss, you know? It's just me and my fam. But then people from an outside perspective, they're like, huh, that little white family is pretty socially entangled with all these young, very tall, athletic black men. And every once in a while, some different races, like Italian and white. But we had a lot of... We, a lot of my older brothers are African-American. Um... I don't care. I don't like saying African American. I like saying black. I just uh, it feels it feels weird. How do you feel about that? What would you rather be um, called? Because I think African American is a little offensive. You're not born in Africa unless you were. Then that is a right. But you're just. I mean, I'm white. So you're black. That's how I. Feel. <laughs> you got African American is still a fairly new phenomenon, right? Um, I think it was Jesse Jackson, like in the '90s or something like that, who coined the um, term. Coined the phrase, yeah, and 
you know, you think about all these other social groups, Chinese Americans, Italian Americans, um, Irish, whatever it may be. Right. Like they have a pretty close reach back to home. So they kind of understand like, you know, I have a lot of Jewish friends. They've all taken their, that, uh, that trip back to Israel. So like, they Really? Good, every one of them? Not everyone, but like many have their birthright trip. Yeah, no, um, I had, don't they pay for it? Yeah, as far as I know. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's free to anyone. Oh, that's crazy. So all these other social groups have like a really close reach back to their roots, right? Right. Um, and here's where I'm wrong. Like, they had the 23andMe now. Like, I should have done it already. I've just been, like, lazy and haven't ordered the kit. But like, Oh, I see. You're, you're on board with selling your DNA to the government also. <laughs> Uh, I'm un- I'm unbothered by it. I'll do it at some <laughs> point. My my dad did it last year, and so dude, you I gotta mean, be you gotta be super careful with those because you have no idea what that could happen to you. Like my uh, grandpa did it, and then he found out he had a daughter that he didn't know about, and then like a whole family, and like they all came out. It was crazy. Like it was insane. But that's important shit to know. You need to know if you got kids and freaking. Yeah, Wherever. yeah, yeah, that is also a good argument. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should just own up to who we are. Exactly. Okay, um, I like that. But the whole, I mean, I don't, I've never been bothered by black, African-American. Um, if anybody ever asked me, you just say I'm black, but then like if they say African-American, I know they're referring to me as well. Right, right, right. What do you, do you prefer so, black? I don't know, about, I don't even really thought of it. Well, okay, not that it's important to ever bring up somebody's race, but sometimes I have to when, like, okay, so, like, for instance, when I show a picture, they're like, oh, do you have any older brothers? I'm like, yeah, I have, like, a shit ton. They're like, oh, really? Do you have any photos? And I start showing, and they're like, they're black. I don't get offended, but if they're, like, they're African-American, for some reason that sits wrong. You feel like they, they like, made the effort to say African-American, like, they wanted to... Maybe, but, like, at this day and age, like... It doesn't matter, first statement, what race you are, ever, because it doesn't matter. Two, we need to label things. Everything in science is labeled. So suck my dick, I'm going to call it something. <laughs> you know what I mean? A word. There's a word for everything in the universe. And if there isn't yet, we'll make one up. So what, it, like, if someone's like, I, I hate being called Caucasian. Call me white. Okay, fair. I mean, I guess I, if, you, if you're mad, call me a honky or a cracker. But that's a whole different different subject on, like, aggression. We're just talking, like, simple speech, not aggressive speech. Like, what would you passively want to be called? Like, oh, you're black. I mean, to me, that's the best. So do you feel like it's passive-aggressive, in a sense? No, because it's just labeling. It depends on how you use it, also, in, like, any word. Yeah. But I just mean, like, okay, okay, if someone, if you're on, all right, how, all right, let me pitch this. Say you're on a date with somebody. Yeah. And she's, like, mixed, she's, like, half Haitian, half, like, Puerto Rican. And you're, like, you have just sexy skin. And, <laughs> yeah, pretty good description, right? And yeah. you are, like, oh, my God, you have beautiful skin. She goes, oh, well, I'm this and I'm this. My father is this. And she has an accent and it's sexy as fuck. And you're, like, oh, wow, every word is, like, music. And then she's, like, what are you? What do you say? I'm black? I, I used to say I'm black. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. See, that's, to me, that's a fine sentence. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and but then also, too, so I had an older white guy who was a client of mine, 
this is probably like four or five years ago. And he's like, oh, where are you from? I was like, oh, T-neck. He's like, no, but where are you from? I'm like, I'm like oh, uh, my mom's side of the family is from Jersey City, and my dad's side is from Patterson. He's like, no, but where are you from? And I'm like, um, I got... I, I almost like, dropped one on you because I say it so much because it's such an appropriate. I was like, "Nigga, what do you mean?" <laughs> so, he's like, so he's like, "I'm like, uh, I'm like, well, I have like family in like North Carolina, South Carolina," and he's like, "No, where are you from?" I'm like, "God, dude, shit, you know, stupid man. asshole, say what you mean. I'm not understanding the question." I'm like, I don't know, like somewhere in Africa. <laughs> Why is he trying to get you to say that? Like, I don't, like, when you ask where you're from, but ask you where you're from, right? You're going to be like, oh. Okay, uh, I'm going to ask somebody who's white where they're from to tomorrow, and they're going to be like, where are you from? It's like, New Jersey. And it's like, no, where are you from? It's like, I don't know, America. It's like, where are you from? Until they finally say, England, okay? We're from England! Yeah. So he, um... Yeah, so he, uh, he asked the question, and it was so drawn out. It took us, like, three minutes to get to the answer. I was like, just ask... The fucking question, bro. Ask your goddamn question, you fucking old man wizard. <laughs> what, um... Okay, let me ask you this. I, to this date, have never received, like, direct racism, okay. to my knowledge, but I've seen a shit ton of racism just being around my older brothers. Yeah. Seeing how other people treat you guys, seeing how other officers of law sometimes treat you guys. And this is not a rant to shit on the police, and I'm not even going to tell the awesome story I have of Amir driving Dad's Hummer, and I thought we were going to get pulled over four different times in one drive. Um, but it's fine. The point I'm trying to make is that you guys live a different life than other people. And I'd like to address this sentence because it's just today's an age that we have to address it. Everyone is not born equal. Some people are born with more power than others. It's just a sad fucking fact of life. And we always try to treat you guys as fucking equals, but the world doesn't treat you guys like equals when we're out and about having dinner or what the fuck ever. They're still looking like, hey, there's that white family and there's a couple black kids around them. And I hate that. I fucking hate it. And I guess my question from this fucking rant to defend myself, because today's age I guess I have to defend my questions, (laughs) is that have you really like experienced any like racist event like living in america Uh, being a baseball player like you'd feel like you're doing that and like it'd be enough to not get you out of those situations but like you know what i mean like and maybe you haven't but like it could just be any story so you only know what you know and what i know definitely no like the person in general like anybody only knows what they know like their experience Right, 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 so, right, right, right. I don't know what white people feel like when they get pulled over. I know I get a knot in my stomach. Like, yeah. Holy shit. Like, all right, I know if I'm speeding, I'm like, shit, like, he got me. Like, that one makes sense. But there was this one time in high school, I'm literally driving, like, 30 and a 35, and I get pulled over. And I'm like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Like, I didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. And comes up to me, and I'm like... You know, we're not hearing like, about police police brutality at that point. It's back in two thousand seven. I'm like, but you're kind of aware of the culture is not treated as yeah. such. So I'm like freaking out. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? Like, and it turned out like you like you have your high beams on. And I was like, no, I don't. And eventually, I put two and two together. Did you actually look and like see? 
I flash my high beams. I'm like, high beams? No high beams. High beams? No high beams. And he's like, okay. And then I put two and two together. And I'm like, okay. So I'm a young black kid. I'm wearing all red. I'm wearing a fitted hat. And I'm in a gang neighborhood. And I'm driving a Lexus. Like, <laughs> like that last detail kind of wraps like, up the picture. It's like, oh, okay. I get it. So they're like... Well, okay, no, 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 no. And here's my thing. You shouldn't have to just get it. You need probable cause. And that's a fake sentence on Jaime is not enough probable cause. And if it was today's technological society, you could have maybe called him on his bullshit right then and there. Uh, no, this took me like five minutes after I got away to figure out like what was going on. And I was like in a gang neighborhood. Like, I'm like, so... I finally piece it together. Like, wow, that's what that was about. That wasn't about high beams. That was about fucking him thinking like I robbed the car or or maybe you were yeah what, whatever. Um, God, there's a couple. There's two other events that distinctly. So I went to like a majority white high school. Like basically, the school was for all athletes. The black kids that went to school all played basketball, football, track, baseball, whatever. Okay. So one teacher came up to a group of four black kids and it's like oh why are you guys sitting together they're like oh you're just wait you're wait wait people. what did she say he's like what teacher's like why are you guys sitting together they're like why are you sitting together yeah he's like because it's lunch like we, everybody's confused like what the hell is going on yeah we're friends i don't like, know man we're friends he's like yeah but why, why are you guys sitting together and like we're all from the same town like we're friends just like confused and like finally he's like yeah but why are you guys sitting together and like there's 80 other tables in the lunch because we're i would literally keep saying because we're friends what the fuck are you talking about so the fact that it was like it was just four black kids all sitting together it was like hmm like i don't know why you didn't point out the other 70 white tables they're all oh uh, yeah 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 together you know i mean like why did he do that if he didn't do that for every fucking table that's a little fucking exactly Subtle tints of racism in that gum. <laughs> so the last instance was College Station, Texas. We're at Texas A and M in college. Okay. And my <laughs> my dad told me he goes, "Hey, stay away from trees." And I'm like, what does that mean? Because <laughs> like the clan is deep out there. Oh Christ! You mean stay out of the forests? <laughs> What a weird way to say it. What a scarier way to say it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I fear for the fucking clan because I feel like if they got a hold of me, they'd be like, oh, it's okay. He's a white one. But then I would literally say anything and it would give it away that I have lived with too many black older brothers and I am no longer a white person. Like, they would be like, what's your favorite food? I'd be like, man, I really like some fucking, like, lao mein. It's like, kill him. And it's like, oh, I already gave it away somehow. Hold on. So we have couple Spanish outfielders, me, a black second baseman. So this one guy yells out of the upper deck and tells the left fielder that he's going to leave the stadium tonight, but not on his legs. Damn. It's low-key like a... That's fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. Those are like three like really interesting situations that I've encountered. Christ. Well, that's what I fear about. Just like... Because you guys, like, I've never had to deal with, like, oh, I'm scared for my life because of my race. Um, And maybe this is just, like, a culture barrier that I can't see that others have to deal with. But, like, when I'm in, like, mainly black neighborhoods, 
I feel right at fucking home because I just think about you guys and I'm like, all right, how would Dee Dee and Lutz and fucking do what? Again. I said, um, so like, I think about what would Dee Dee and Lutz and everybody do in like a situation to where they were just in an all black neighborhood. They would just act fucking normal. And then I snap myself out of it. I'm like, wait, why am I thinking about color? Just act normal. You know what I mean? Like I literally, it's just that quick. It's like the pink elephant. Like you can't not see it. You know what I mean? Here's like, what I've discovered. It's, it's not about race. It's about culture knowledge okay sure so here's my example i would hope i really do hope for this maybe i'll be in like a black neighborhood i'm a comedian i've got nothing but time to kill so i'm just walking around and some dude comes out to me goes hey man you look like in the wrong neighborhood like not in a mean way but just like in a joking way because i'm a white guy walking through a black neighborhood obviously like in a in a passive aggressive way and i'm just gonna be like man i don't even know how you can say that because i probably know more biggie than you and he's like nigga what and then immediately I just start spitting it. It's like, ugh, I could come in with Juicy or Niggas Bleed or like, I mean, ugh, the what with his verse with don't, Method Man. Not, I mean, I could. Not, don't do Juicy. That's the freaking. But to know all the lyrics is kind of impressive. No, not Juicy. Not Juicy? And, and, like, you get, like, don't do Juicy. Don't do Hypnotize. No, I would never do Hypnotize. I would literally go for either. Like, my favorite song to spit is The What by him and Method Man off Ready to Die. That is my favorite fucking song off that whole album. Okay, what? Biggie, Biggie's death day is coming up in, or birthday is coming up in March, right? Don't make me sad. Hold on, pay attention to social media. Me? Okay, why? Watch how many juicy lyrics come out. Mmm. Yeah. What's your favorite Biggie Small song? Favorite Biggie Small song? I mean, the fact that you all have a painting. Like, I fucking love Biggie uh, Smalls. Hold on, pull it up. I, I would have to say it's either Niggas Bleed or The What by him and Method Man. Those two songs are so fucking perfect. Uh, my One of my best friends, Nolan, his favorite Biggie song is... Shit, Everyday Struggle. Yeah. That's definitely his go-to. Um, damn. I'm going to have to at least play one Biggie song for this fucking one of the culture shocks because... See, this is why we talk we, music. Hold on, can we, all right. Did he play Dead Wrong? Oh, I, I know that one. Yeah, no, no, no. I, know, I know all the songs. I just had to think for a second. You like Dead Wrong's your favorite? No, but I'm saying this is kind of perfect. Like, I could be Biggie, you could be F. <laughs> <laughs> the bigger, the strong, you got going on. You did wrong, <laughs> yeah. I la- I mean, I don't know, man. Damn, that's really gonna be a hard decision. Well, here, listen. Well, before we spy on any more rants, let's uh, let the audience let loose for a second, get their uh, attention to breathe, enjoy your first culture shocks for the evening, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back, and we'll snap right back into it. And if you have a problem with it, suck a dick. We'll be back. Allow me to demonstrate the skill of Shaolin. The special technique of shadow boxing. Mites with a cast, causing ruckus like the aftermath from guns blast. 
stuff ladies and gentlemen hard rap to then hard emotions just like this episode going left from right we're gonna go from rap to rock uh or at least 
rock in the sense that it'll rock your hearts. <laughs> so enjoy. Uh, I hope you enjoyed Guillotine by Raekwon. Inspect the deck, the Jizza, the Rizza, uh, and the rest of the Wu-Tang Clan because they're a family. Just how me and Jaren are family. I hope this song tugs your emotions because anybody can give you the world. So why not let Carol and Tuesday? So enjoy this song. Give you the world by Carol and Tuesday. Enjoy! at me, but the bottom line is I ain't shook. 
Cause if the right hook comes out, crazy mother of us like you get knocked out. Don't be looking me in the eyes, boy. I ain't got no candy for you. No candy. Except for the right hook. Let's get back to the show before one of you at home catch one of these crazy right hooks. You crazy mother of Um, it's just basically every team I was on baseball growing up was red. And it's kind of like became part of me. Well, I'll give a shit what your favorite color is. We're back to the show. <laughs> that's how we say, that's how we segue. Sorry, I asked him what his favorite color was, and I thought that'd be a funny way to intro the show. I hope you enjoyed the culture shock, ladies and gentlemen. It's uh, gonna be some sweet jams coming after this little part to end the show. But well, before we uh, end that, you have to deal with our fucking ramblings for another at least half hour. Um, so let me ask you this: We asked some hard questions, racism, tackling it, all that. What are some of your favorite moments from like? You said your favorite moment from living with us, but what's your favorite moment from, like, being in baseball? What did you see? Did you meet anyone cool? Did you do do anything nice that was, like, around a hotel, maybe? Favorite moments in baseball? I just think... And it doesn't have to be on the field. You know what I mean? Like, it's something that you did as a human being in your spare time that, like, you just had fun with. And you got that experience maybe because of baseball, because you were just around... Because you were, like, you know, playing or, like, whatever. I've been to two All-Star Game events. Um, okay. I also got in because, like, I know people in the industry. So, like, All-Star Week in New York and then All-Star Week here in Miami were really fun. Um, I just think the locker rooms are a ton of fun. Like, you know, you spend... Like locker room banter or like the hygiene? Yeah. The car games, the the music, you know, those guys dancing, you know, all sorts of stuff going on. I think that's like one of the biggest things that guys miss when they're, they're no longer in the game. You know, the bus trips, like, you know, as miserable as they are, they're equally as fun. <laughs> no, I get what you mean. Um, do you have a favorite, and I, you don't have to pin it to one and hurt anybody's feelings, but do you have a favorite player, maybe, that you would consider, not like a best friend, but like one that you definitely think you connected with always, either you played on a team together, maybe you just met once and you always just kind of clicked and like, kept in touch, or like, you know what I mean? So, alright, this is probably the most not- notable one. So, I didn't like Billy before I met Billy. Wow, okay, okay. <laughs> And I don't even know if he knows this. So, Billy was with the Reds a year before me. And then I signed the following July. Same year? There, the, no, the, the following year. Okay. So, Billy started a year before me in 2009. Okay. So, I get there and I'm hearing about this kid named Billy. I have no idea who the hell Billy is. And they're, everybody's doing this little weird country-ass voice. And I'm like... Who the fuck is this guy? He sounds annoying as shit. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, Billy was in Billings, and then I was in Arizona at this time. And then eventually, in September, we had Instructs, which was like the fall fall league for young guys. Um, And I finally met Billy. Okay. And I'm like... Kind of side-eyeing him. Like, did, like, yeah, the whole time you're like, I don't know. But did, did, let me ask you this. Before you got to know him, did the impressions nail it? 
Yes. Hundred <laughs> percent. He talks faster than he can oh, run, oh. and that's what I love about Billy. This is why people are making those like country ass, squealy ass voices. Like he sounds exactly like this. Okay, whatever. <laughs> so I don't remember like the first interaction, but I know like we're both like the same hitting group one day, and then like we came like we'll hang out afterwards, and then in Dayton, like literally, we would hit every club in Dayton and Centerville and any together. Like, so that just. Oh yeah, that was that was a road dog. <laughs> okay, that's a so, nice that's a nice way to. No, you're not an asshole. That. Yeah, we're going all the clubs in Dayton. So like, basically, another roommate on the road. Um, the nausea still stay in touch with him whenever he's in town. We hang out, all that kind of stuff. Make sure I go see him when he's playing or whatever. So. So you'd say Billy's probably the one player you always think you can kick it with, and not that. I'm trying to make you feel uncomfortable by the sentence, but to a degree, no matter who the player is, if they got became a trillionaire from baseball, even though yeah. right now I don't think there's ever a billionaire from baseball, but you would never feel uncomfortable to hit them up because you know you'd always get a text back being like, yeah. Yeah, I could pretty much get a text back. From, I know, like, I've seen this one. I'm like, holy shit, like... Yeah, I, I, and that's why I bring it up because a lot of my older brothers have two phones... Not even for rat bad reasons, just because of the text notifications. I mean, dude, Christ. I mean, people just eat away at your phone. You have to have a secret phone number so you can have a privacy and a social life. Yeah, I mean, why the hell are there 500 text messages right now? And there are. So, like, you know, the fact that I can relatively get through pretty quickly, like... That means a little bit yeah. more. I feel the same way with Didi. Like, I always know DD's really fucking busy, but if I call him, he'll literally send me a text like, hey, doing this, call you later, you know, sorry. And I'm like, oh, no, you're good. I was just trying to pitch you some jokes. He goes, okay, well, I'll still call you to hear him. And that means a lot, a little more that he still wants to hear the bits. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I, I feel like, I don't know, I, I don't want to offend any of you guys doing my comedy because I talk about everything. I talk about all different kinds of races and religions and ages and... You know, shit like that. I get it. Oh, God. I heard some weird feedback, and I was like, what is that sound? It sounded like you were, like, dropping your phone, and I was like, oh, Christ. I think it's fine now. Wait, wait say it again? Nothing. It sounded like uh, like a little explosion was coming out of your mic for a second, because it, it sounded like you dropped it, and I was like, I, I know you didn't, but I was like, oh, that's weird. Uh, what was happening? Um, okay, so let me ask you this. What is something... You never had either seen of, heard of, tasted, or did before that you achieved the first time via living with us. And the example I give is, yes, Dee Dee and JC had seen snow before, but they never had really, like, seen it, seen it, and, like, got a chance to be in it, be in it. And that was nice to see. So do you think you have anything, like... Living in suburb area that you maybe didn't get to do because you never been to Hickville. No, so I have. <laughs> I had been. So I, my junior year in high school, I was in Joplin, Missouri, and I was living with a host family for a few days, and they had us on this dirt road <laughs> in the middle of nowhere in Joplin, Missouri, and we're looking for what's called a spook light, and we're like borderline cow tipping. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't chase the cows, but I was just there, and like I, 
baseball's taking me to some weird places, man. Like, I just... Places I would never thought I would ever be when I was 13, 14 years old. Like, baseball's kind of brought me there. Um, I don't know if there's anything in Dayton that... So, the person that told me that you're doing the show. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I told them, I was like, by the way, um, I know cornbread is a quote-unquote black food, but I was like, <laughs> Missy, Missy Jones makes the fucking best cornbread <laughs> outside of myself. And like, I've never up. heard that before. I know cornbread yep. is a black thing, but Missy Jones can sure cook up some meat cornbread. Yo. Now that, that I've never heard someone call by my mom, it's more or less I've never heard anyone call cornbread an only black thing. I thought Yo. cornbread was a white thing, and then... Actually, I thought cornbread was just a universal thing. There's <laughs> like, okay, there's like three, four black foods. It's fried chicken, Kool-Aid, cornbread, and watermelon. Jesus like, Christ. That's like your standard, like, okay, like, that's the black people starter kit. Like, <laughs> you know you get to say that because you're black, but if I said that, I would be hunted tomorrow. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> and I'm here to say it. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay because it's already been said. Um, so, yeah. That's great. Missy is... Better That's nice to know. Do you, um... Yeah. Okay. Let me, let me, let me... I want to hit you with hard questions, because you're responding so well that I like to stump guests, but you're a little, you're a little harder to stump. Um... Dude, the fuck you ask. <laughs> well, I, I didn't want to give you any prep time for... You were like, what are the questions? And it's like, bitch, it's... A, how am I supposed to... Write to you in a text. Um, it's gonna be like an hour ranting about race and religion, and you're gonna be uncomfortable. But then you're gonna come to some awakenings, and if not, it's just gonna be like, well, I, I'm not gonna get that hour back. <laughs> well, well, I didn't even listen to the previous one, so I, I came. You went in blind. blind. That's how I love guests coming in because they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Do you? <sighs> okay. And take this as you will, not a lot of players go to college, not because they don't have to, because it would be stupider for them at that moment to, because it would, to them, if there's a chance to go pro, like MLB, they would rather just go to the Dragons, play, host family it up, do that life, right? But then, yeah. like, talking to Robert and Sal and, like, all them, they told me multiple times, like, like they're jealous of me going to college. And I was like, What? And they're like, well, we just never really did that. And like, Amir did online school, but that's not the same. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I get it, but like, I don't think there is one set life path for anybody. And I think we should stop acting like it. Like, I think we should stop acting like everybody should be born, do this thing, go to college, do this. Do this. It's not for everybody. There should be there should be like forty options, not like two. And I don't think the two decisions should come from college or not college. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what upsets me that that's what it's come down to now. But, like, the, people are just good at learning different things. I don't know. That's a weird sentence, though. So I guess, like, A, did you, I don't remember, did you go to college? If so, where? And then B, if you didn't, do you ever feel a little bit like that? Like, you kind of wish you would, uh... So, no. So I went to college, um, went to Rutgers. I went there three years. Signed with the Reds. And then I chipped away at my diploma over the next, like, three to four years. So I took, like, a total of seven years to graduate, basically. Um, okay. 
I kind of agree with you. I think college should be one of those things of, you know, I think you should go to college with some type of intention other than mom and dad said I need to do this to get a good job because I mean, right. there's, so, there's so many people that are out here making $45,000 a year and they have $150,000 in debt. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they're just going to college because like they were told this is a natural course of, of action. Just do um, it. Yes, I mean, I think it depends on like where you are in your life and what you want to accomplish. And uh, do you want to be a lawyer? Do you want to be a doctor? Okay, well, you need to take your ass to college because I'm not letting you touch me or advise me. Right, right, right. And I do think some positions will always need college. But I feel like we should kind of go a little bit more on like the Canadian route of like how they kind of don't really do college. They do like very specific trade school. But a lot of the trade school is just work, immediately getting into the job you want, working in it, and just learning it hands-on. Because they're more about just teaching you hands-on, which I'm all fucking for. My, my friend Sean, shout out to Sean, he's in Canada. He wants to be a chef. He didn't really go to college. He did a little bit, but you really just go and fucking be a chef and then take a bunch of cooking classes. Not really, but you fucking are just in the kitchen, serving, cooking, learning the techniques. Because, like, and here's the way I say it. If you wanted to be a samurai, you wouldn't fucking pick up a textbook and be like, Samurai 101. You would fly to Japan. You would find a monk that is trained for 45 fucking years, nonstop sword, and you'd be like, teach me, master. And then for three years, you would dedicate your life. And that would be your college experience. Like, samurai training. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's what you guys did. Baseball samurai training. <laughs> Um, I think what was gonna say. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't want to sound anti-college. No, please, because college is fucking weird and it's kind of bullshit. I mean, I'm doing it. And I'm gonna finish it, and I loved your because you were very pro-college earlier. But plays the play the devil's advocate. It's there's no harm. Oh, wait, hold on. I was never pro-college. I was just. I don't want to sound anti, but <laughs> I really can't tell you a ton of what I learned in college. Yeah. Um, I just really, I mean, triple F finessed my way through college. Yeah, but that's also a skill. Sure. So, I mean, like, that's a pretty expensive skill to pay to learn, you know what I mean? Like, But it's also a very hard skill to learn. I didn't pay much of it, you know what I mean? I had it was on scholarship, but, like, there's so many other kids that are doing that. Yeah. You know, for what what reason? And here's here's what upsets me. It depends how you use college, too. Like, it's not enough to just go to classes, 24-7 book study. You have to fucking meet other people of different color. This is your chance to do that from your not hometown and, like, this new place and, like, talk to people and, like, bridge gaps and experience really new things and do a million things you've never done because that's the point. It's just new, not die and be born in the same fucking hometown go and learn crazy new things about the universe and the world and then go to to them in the actual world not back home and be like i learned about physics you know what i mean like fucking go use the physics in iran and go fucking build a particle accelerator there and if it explodes the worst thing that happens is a bunch of glass will get made from the sand blowing up but guess what we won't do that because we're not tight with iran right now (laughs) No, I've heard we're not. <laughs> but in a perfect world, the, all of uh, the human beings of every color would just be working on the same scientific projects. The greatest minds of the world would come together and help build fucking space travel exploits that would cut time down and maybe make it possible to colonize the moon at least. I think um, I think the, the 
the one thing that I learned in college more than anything else was like survival, right? That's Learning a good. That, that's a good. That's a good. That's way to major, put that. Right? Is you know how can I make a hundred dollars last like two and a half weeks? Yeah. Um, how do I party all night? Get my ass up for Lyft or my eight ten class. You, know, you like, learn this, to socially juggle. Yeah, and that's really important. Like you know, there's gonna be times where you're. I'm, there's, I'm sure there's times your mom's been out there and she's had like a work dinner and didn't get out of that until 9, 30, 10 o'clock, got home at 11, 15, 11, 30, had to turn around, wake you and come up at 7 o'clock for school. Like that shit sucks. But you know, like that's the kind of stuff you learn in college is learning how to like yeah. balance work life relationships and shit. Yes. And now here's where I step in. Yes, people teach you the skills. But then when you start doing that shit, you, you shouldn't attest your life to these religions or colleges or whatever you learn or think you've learned out of life. You shouldn't give credit to them. You're the hands doing it. Give credit to yourself, goddammit. Like, what more do I have to say to get people to realize that when something good happens, don't praise God. He didn't fucking do it. You did it. God damn it, you yeah. used whatever you needed to use to get the confidence to do it, but you did it. And you should thank yourself, because you're the fucking reason it happened. And if we thought about that a little bit more, maybe we get more done. I think there is a bit too much of let go and let God. Um, I do, I'm all for people believing in any type of higher power, but I think there's so many people that think they can just pray on it. Hands off. It'll, do hands off. Done. And I'm like, dude, no, hands on. Like, I operate with, like, God helps them to help, help themselves. So, okay. you know, if things are tight, you need to fucking strap up and, and get after it and, you know, be resourceful and put in an extra hour or two or whatever it is and be and then things will kind of work in your favor. Right. Um, but, like, there's two people that are like, you know, you know, God will take care of it. I'm like, yeah, if you get up off your ass. That's, that's what irks me. They're like, God will take care of it. Or it's like, if this happened, it must have been God's will. What if it was your unprotected sex's will? That it happened. Maybe you're just being yeah. lazy and didn't pull out. <laughs> that That's very true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, why is everything God's will? Why is it not our will? He, it, You say he gave us free will. Fucking own it. Agreed. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a religious guy. I don't like to shit on religions. I just think they're weird because I don't think religion should be able to change. So if you have, and not to name religions, but one famous religion has many different passages over the years, and they all contradict each other. Why? Because the people that w had money and had people that could write in the world just kept writing the story. But they kept changing it in their way. Already, yeah. that should be enough flag to be like, hey, maybe this some shit is bullshit, and maybe if anything in this book is bullshit, maybe you shouldn't bow down infinitely to fucking things that you can't see, and while that's fine if that's what you need to do to get through the day... I don't want to do that. I want to actually do shit, and I want to be responsible for my own actions. I don't want to fucking wait for some thing in the sky to get it done for me. Like, the whole anime that I watch at My Hero Academia's mentality is that go plus ultra. It's not enough to wait for help. You just have to fucking strap up and do your 100% best, and then go beyond that point and break your limits. You can't grow a muscle if you don't break that muscle. You know what I mean? Gary Vee says you can't read about doing push-ups, you have to do push-ups. Yeah, like, you have to hit your limit, 
feel that limit and ins- and just keep going. Those of us that keep going are going to get better. Those of us that hit our limit and stop are the ones that stay gradual. It's not enough to do your best. You have to go plus ultra. Great. <laughs> I didn't mean to end it on such an amazing little tyrant rant. See, I don't even know where this show goes. It just kind of goes all over the place. That's why I like doing it. Um, We've covered a lot of ground today. Yeah. Do you have... Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you, do you have any tattoos? I have one. What is it? Um, speaking of religion, <laughs> um, uh, it's a cross, um, my mom passed away when I was four, so it's basically her name, her death date, um, or birth and death date, and then, um, pearls, cause, um, her sorority. So here's pearls, me so. just shitting on religion for the life, <laughs> and here's Jaren with a cross tattoo, like, keep going, buddy, I'm just gonna let you keep going. <laughs> you know what's funny, so, I have a friend of mine who, uh, he's atheist, and right. we're talking, so he used to work with me at the gym. He's like, dude, you need to leave the gym. You need to do your own thing. I'm like, yeah, cool, whatever. He's like, I swear to God, I've made more money this month. I'm like, yo, you're atheist. <laughs> so I'm like, so I'm not sure how to take your, your comment about, I swear to God, I've made more money this month than ever before. Right, right, but, uh, right. Look, everybody has their thing. I think as long as we're all respectful, um, I'm not going to run to any mosque and scream and yell and make a scene. And I would hope that, you know, Jewish people would not do the same. And so it's like, it just look, respect everybody's space, respect their beliefs. Yeah. You know, like, we all, we, we should not all agree with each other. No, we shouldn't. Because if we all did, we, then uh, A, we would not really progress the society. We would just get comfortable with where we are. If everybody was fine with how science is right now, it would never get better. You know what I mean? Those of us who are upset with society and the way that it is are the reason it gets better because we fucking fight and struggle. Whether you do it through science and invent new technologies, whether you do it through comedy and help American cultures ease and laugh together in the same fucking room and come together on bits about anything and have this like-mindedness about laugh at the jester or maybe you do it in a fucking medical way and you you know you do a crazy surgery that people didn't think were even possible and then all of a sudden you change the definition of what's medically doable by surgeon's hand you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i don't know i think it's crazy that weed's illegal (laughs) i i i'm not gonna rabbit hole because we do need to end the, the show soon and I do fucking appreciate you being on the show and letting me fucking babble ramble. But I think weed is illegal for racist reasons. And I don't think our government yeah. has enough backing anymore to have any liable, justifiable, and correct statements that could hold up in a courtroom that say it's illegal for these reasons. To a degree now to where we're actually starting to notice other things that are fucked up in society because we've they've literally made us do the research so like now and the point i bring up is like we don't even teach in like medical school like what really the cannabinoid receptors do it's like one of those things that we just glance over but like in my opinion it's one of the most important things in the human body that we don't really stress on enough it's the part of the brain that lets you forget specifically forget pain and then the new thing they found is okay like why does a lion have a cannabinoid receptor if he doesn't smoke pot example because he produces it naturally in the brain if you have a lot of this chemical okay well what do they use it for in nature if you get bit and you're running away and you make it away you got to forget that pain and keep going and find food and survive like because it's nature you're gonna fucking use those cannabinoid receptors and you're gonna fucking 
like forget some of the pain, right? But now they're saying, okay, what if you had excess amounts of THC in your system? What would all those combined cannabinoid receptors do? And they're now saying that it promotes healthy cell death because when healthy cell death happens, healthy cell birth happens. And they're finding in places that it's legal, like California and Colorado, cancer rates are going low. And my whole thing is like all these arguments and like new facts keep popping up of every good thing. Like, and then we just go back like, why is it illegal? Well, because blah, 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 back in the day. Dude, back in the day, they plin- they pinned crack on black people, weed on Mexicans, and they forged that into the war on drugs that hilariously backfired into an opid crisis in today's age with pills and fucking bullshit. I agree. So, I mean, like, the, all the other issues, too, with the, you know, uh, medical marijuana or it being illegal in general is like we're now tapping into the doctor's pockets yes but then i hope we're trying to show doctors by all these all this money that's being made off first day of it being legal that okay while you're comfortable with your dirty pill money the money's a little bit nicer if we all had legal weed money because it's just cleaner and nobody's getting hurt and now you're making the same revenue if not potentially more I think they're making so much money on prescribing Percocets and Oxy and whatever else. They're like, we'll just keep this going status quo without. Yeah. And they want, they want to have, and my fear is that they want to have both. And they're like, well, we have weed now. People will stop giving a shit. And all of a sudden we don't care as much about the pill crisis. And then those guys get worse and worse because people are just like, finally, we got this one thing we wanted. But then really we'd grow into that comfort. Like you said, what happens if a society is all on the same page? shit gets comfortable and shit doesn't really get noticed. And that's why I think it's important. It's kind of like women's right to vote or black people not being treated as a whole person because of Jim Crow or fucking three-fifths amendment that had to be fucking changed. Like, the biggest things that the government think are right are often wrong. And it takes the people massing together saying, hey, this shit's fucked up, we want it changed, and just screaming in their fucking white racist little faces, hey, shit's not working, and then all of a sudden, we change it, and everybody's fucking happier. And why does it not get unchanged? Because we realized it fucking works and is needed for a long time. There's a difference between thinking that something is right and saying, hey, how long can we get away with this? Yes. And I also think it's a thing about ego. I don't think our government likes to admit it's wrong or has ever been wrong. But in all reality, our government's been wrong almost all the time throughout all of history. <laughs> I mean, I, like I said, I don't, I don't think there's so much wrong. It's just like, it's the intention. Like, what's your intention? Well, I would say it's wrong because sometimes, and, it, and not to say that being wrong is a bad thing. I tell everybody this. I love being wrong because once you know you're wrong and you admit you're wrong, you can immediately become right because you can learn the right information. Our government likes to think we're right and we've never been wrong. And if we are wrong, it's this big ego thing that we just don't like to swallow our pride and say, yeah, we fucked up. And we have to make big movies that teach people you don't need a two-hour cinematic event that lasts a fucking adventure of a lifetime in the movie years to say, you know what, I was wrong, let's fix this. Why not just say that at the very beginning and save the whole adventure and then just have a little bit better life from that moment? You know what I mean? Nobody wants to say they're wrong. Nobody wants to say they're wrong. I that's why I'm a disappointment. I'm wrong about everything. <laughs> Did you like that the disappointment is spelled D I S S? Because if we spelled disappointment right, we wouldn't be disappointments. Wait, I'm confused. The show logo is spelled D I S S A P P. Oh. So it's disappointing. I didn't. I didn't. 
that. <laughs> yeah. Because if you spelled the show right, it wouldn't be a fucking letdown at all. Well, listen, I really appreciate you being on here. Is there anything else you really want to, like, talk about and bring up specific, maybe? Before we no. let, let these people get into their last music break and be like, what the fuck did I just listen to? No, man, I had a fun one here. There's a... I hope I showed you that I'm not an idiot and I'm trying to be nice and I'm trying to show everybody love on the show and I'm not trying to... I I think you're projecting. I think you... I think you're creating this this idea about yourself that you're X, Y, and Z as opposed to people saying Brighton's a fucking moron. Okay, so I'm trying to paint more fields so that way when they say one thing it maybe works but there's really other things. So why do you feel like you're, like, a disappointment? <laughs> well, because all my siblings are awesome, and my parents support 24-7, like, what they do. And while I'm not trying to shit on my parents, but, like, they don't love that I want to be a comedian, and they would rather me just give it up right now and, you know, go to college, which I am, and I still am, and I'm, I'm close to graduating. It's just the fact that, like, it's not what they want to do. So they feel like it's bad, but, like... I think we've lived a crazy life, and I think I should tell the world about all these experiences, about having all these different colored brothers, because it does open people's minds and eyes and fucking comfort levels, I think. Let's be honest, right? For the most part, most parents are not envisioning their child become a singer, become an actor, become a comedian, so on and so forth, right? Yeah. Three songs before he got on, his mom said, he's like, yo, mom, I want to go to New York, I need to record... This is where all the, the uh, labels are, so on and so forth. She's like, yo, you got a year. You got a year. If you don't get this shit right, you're going to get a, a quote-unquote real job. But that it can I take like, more than a year, and that's the scary well, thing. A year and, like, two weeks. Like, 54 weeks later is when he got signed and he released his first album or whatever case it be. All right? Right. Kevin Hart, same situation. Mom shitting on him. Yo, you're not that funny. You're just silly. You're annoying, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, nah, Ma, I can do this. She's like, yo, you got a year. All right, cool. A year goes by, boom, Kevin Hart is like soul playing or some shit. I can't remember what <laughs> the first thing was that he did. But like, my point is, people are always going to shit on what you're doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? You just got to like, if it makes sense to you, if you actually are willing to put forth the effort to become a comedian that can support himself and build and you have like real visions for yourself, right. then fucking go for it. If you're just, like, trying to do this so you don't have to get a quote-unquote real job, then, like, okay, well, it's probably time no, to No, like, I, if it was up to me, like, I wouldn't deal with money. Like, I would just travel, do shows, but then, like, the money would just go into some account, and then, like, my wife would just do financing, and I just wouldn't have to deal with money. Because I hate money. I don't like the idea of money and currency, and, like, I think it's dumb and gay and fucking whatever you want to say. And, okay, <laughs> and so if, if you're not going to change the rules in regards to money, then you need to, like, embrace it. Because right. that's what's going to allow you to buy mics, buy clothes, travel, yeah. get a hotel room. No, 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 trust me. I know. Like, money makes the world go round, and it helps the dreams come true faster. I just wish that, like, it wasn't the thing that credited, in parents' eyes at least, like, what the definition of success is. Okay, just because okay. your son's not a millionaire doesn't mean he's not successful. What if he is happy with somebody he loves, and he's doing something he's fucking awesome at? And, like... I don't know, like, I know comedy is one of those things that, like, nobody wants to be the parent of, but, like, think about this. Do you really think Weird Al Yankovic was, like, 
Weird Al Yankovic? Yes, he was always Weird Al Yankovic. He just didn't have the name. And then one day he said it out loud, and he was like, I think I'm going to be a comedian. And then eventually he said, I think I'm going to be Weird Al Yankovic. And then it stuck forever. And then do you think, I mean, I don't think his mom and dad supported him at all. But then you make that transition, that upgrade, and then you're literally a, in my definition of the number one comedic parody artist in the fucking world. I mean, I never really tried to ask for anything. I mean, I always wanted a computer, but I never really made a big fuss out of it until they really pushed and pushed and pushed. And they always tried to provide, and that's what I always knew they cared. It was more or less that when it, it when I really did finally break down and let something out of my heart, like 100% that was from me, be like, I think I'd really like this. They're like, that's fucking stupid. That's not you. And it's like, well, okay, now it's just hurtful to share. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because when I finally, I was like, I want to be a comedian. This, I mean, this is going to sound silly, but like, I have never felt more like I'm doing the right thing. I'm fulfilling my purpose and like I'm doing what will make me happy is when I set foot on a stage to do a set. Like, that's why I call myself disappointment because I think my only skill is to perform and be funny because there means I have no other real world skills at all. And my resume will be empty forever, even though I've worked at fucking hella places. Um, the point I'm trying to make is that I want to be labeled as a disappointment, so people, that's what they expect. So when I always fucking kill it, I'm just blowing them away. Yeah. Well, I think this goes back to like what we talked about in regards to college. Like, did you need college to be a comedian? No, right? But it so helps. To a degree, sure. Yeah. Like, did you actually need to spend $25,000 a year from a board and take 100 20 credits over four years to graduate i mean to be a comedian no no right so hopefully you use this for you know networking purposes things of that nature so i think it's like like i said let's take it back to that college thing like having 16 17 year old kids asking them like what might you want to do in the future you know what it's so funny you say that whole year thing I think that's what I've really always wanted secretly and I've never really admitted it and now that you've really made me sit on it like that would be awesome if they were like hey we're gonna give you one year we're gonna help fund it where do you think you want to go to start comedy and you have really if you're smart you know there's only two choices you can go either California or New York totally different sides of the country but that's your two options to really make it I would go to New York then you need to put that plan together but like they don't want that, and that would make them so upset, and it would and it would break their hearts, and they don't they don't especially they don't want to fund it. But like now that you've just said it, at least one time, something Brighton Jones has always wanted that, <laughs> and it's sad, I know, but that would be nice, just a year. Yeah, these are these are tough discussions you're gonna have to have, and you might just have to say fuck it, I'm gonna get a job while I'm out there. Well, that's why I'm doing college to get the daytime job to fund the comedy goal and i don't like when people call it a dream dreams are things you see in your sleep this is something i see when i'm fucking awake because it's the only thing i think about because it's the most important thing is to change the world through a laugh i said everything has to have a game plan behind it and look it may not be for mom and dad to understand or fuck even support at this time yeah but like you just might need to say listen like this is what i'm gonna do and in the grand scheme of things, right, you'll be 21, 22 years old. Like, they can't really tell you no. They can take you off the payroll. Sure. Yeah. Right? 
and you got to be okay with that. And if you you want to stay on the payroll, then fucking you might need to go work at freaking might be need to be an intern for mom. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So, but I do I do hear you. I mean that. Damn. Good thoughts. Good thoughts at the end of this episode. <laughs> Get deep real quick, you know. Get deep. Let's. <laughs> I thought we were just going to graze the pool. No, we dove into the deep end immediately. Yeah. (laughs) Listen, this has been, again, my favorite episodes are those with my brothers. Uh, Please say your name one more time for the episode so the people at home are like, who the fuck did I just get blown away from? You guys spent like an hour and change with Jaron Matthews. (laughs) Right in your own. This has been the Disappointing Radio Show. I hope you didn't regret it as much as we do because we don't regret it at all. And we will see you next episode. Enjoy your last culture shocks. And as I tell Jaren now for the first time, we'll see you later, nigga. Smile in your face.
is finally here. Damn, what should I wear? Time to get dressed and do my hair once again. It's on. Somebody's knocking at my door. But when I walk across the floor, just hope it out, the motherfucker's gone. I'm hearing voices in the back of my mind. Better grab my tool, cause this fool might get out of line. I guess it's time to test this bulletproof dress from putting holes up in my chest. I'm looking through the peephole to recognize the face. I see three bitches and still I got the player safe. I hope my dress come in handy. But when I open the door, three little girls selling candy. You see, bitches is jealous of the Duquesne. Because my clique is thicker than the rest of them. All I wanna do is be rich and stay that bitch. Clock dough on the low, you know? There's See, I think you could tell that, but that was The Backstabbers. But that was by Junior Mafia, featuring main vocals by Little Kim. A great artist and a great one to have on deck. Uh, but better not than any, why not the founder of Junior Mafia? Why not the guy that created it all and then we lost too soon? So please enjoy an absolute classic that I know you've all heard. And once again, I hope you enjoyed me and Jaren's ramblings. Please enjoy Big Papa by B.I.G. Goodbye. Oh. Allow me to lace these lyrical dishes in your bushes. Uh, Who rock grooves and make moves with all the mommies? The, the back, back of the club, club. sipping my wet is where you find me. What? The back of the club, macking holes, my crew's behind me. Uh, Mad question asking, blunt passing, music lasting. But I just can't quit because one of these homies, Biggie, got to creep with, sleep with, keep the epic secret. Why not? Why blow up my spot? Cause we both got hot. Now check it, I got more Mac than Craig and in the bed. Believe me, sweetie, I got enough to feed the needy. No need to be greedy. I got mad friends with Benzes. See notes by the layers. True fucking players. Jump in the rover and come over. Tell your friends, jump in the GS3. I got the chronic by the truth. Your hands in the air if you're a true player. To the honeys getting money, playing niggas like zombies. Uh. You got a gun up in your waist, please don't shoot up the place. Cause I see some ladies tonight that should be having my baby. Uh, baby. Uh, straight up, honey, really, I'm asking. Most of these niggas think they be macking, but they be acting. Who they attracting with that line? What's your name? What's your sign? Soon as he buy that wine, I just creep up from behind and ask you what your interests are. Who you be with? Things that make you smile. What 
numbers to dial. You gon' be here for a while. I'm gon' call my crew. You gon' call your crew. We can rendezvous at the bar around two. Plans to leave, throw the keys to little C's. Pull the truck up front and roll up the next blunt so we can steam on the way to the telly. Go fill my belly. A T-bone steak, cheese, eggs, and Welch is great. Conversate for a few, cause in a few we gon' do what we came to do. Ain't that right, boo? Forget the telly, we just go to the crib and watch a movie in the jacuzzi, smoke L's while you do me. Tremendous cream, fuck a dollar and a dream. Still tote gas strapped with infrared beams. Chopping holes, uh -huh. smoking line optimals, money holes and clothes, all a nigga knows. A foolish pleasure, whatever. I had to find the buried treasure, so grams I had to measure. However, living better now, coochie sweater now. Drop top BMs, I'm the man, girlfriend. Honey, check it. Tell your friends to get with my friends. We could be friends. <laughs> Shit, we could do this every weekend. That's right. Alright? Is that alright with you? Yeah. Keep banging. I love it when you call me Big Papa. Throw your hands in the air if you're a true player. I love it when you call me Big Papa. To the honeys getting money, playing niggas like dummies. Uh. I You got a gun up in your waist, please don't shoot up the place Cause I see some ladies tonight that should be having my baby Baby uh. Check it out, I'll full shit for that ass uh. Puff Daddy, Biggie Smalls, Junior Mafia Represent, baby, baby uh. 